0: Announcement. announcement! Not your usual top of the episode announcement, but just to say that we have switched the ordering of our next two episodes owing to an unexpected and uh, well, deeply unenjoyable detour I made to the hospital last week. Uh, so we're now pushing out our Euro 2020 special, uh, well now and you'll have to wait a week for the next mainline episode where we'll be talking uh, all about E3, you'll hear what my fifth favourite video game of all time is, and you'll also get to experience my personal favourite round of quiz so far. Uh, It'll be absolutely worth the wait, I promise, but in the meantime, please do enjoy this fantastic special episode now. Our Three Cents is part of the Greenlit Podcast Network. For more information, please go to greenlitpodcasts.com. Hello and welcome to another episode of our Three Cents, a podcast that pontificates as it celebrates the ceaseless joy of the video games. My name is Jemmathan Jin, and I'm joined, as always, by Christophone Drips. <laughs>
1: I've got nothing to that. And
0: Murphy Bones. Goal. I mean, goal. <laughs> otherwise known as Chris Dow, Minty Booth, and myself, Jonathan Dunn. But today, on a very special bonus episode, we are also welcoming Tom Dow and Andre Grayson from the Boys in Red and White podcast to talk games that involve using your digital feet to kick your digital balls. (laughs) It's the Euros, baby. What a welcome. (laughs) Quite an introduction,
2: quite an introduction.
0: Welcome, chaps. So, The Boys in Red and White is a podcast dedicated to Arsenal Football Club, a team also close to the hearts of myself and Chris, and indeed, one of the hosts of the show is even dearer to our hearts, as Tom's dow of a surname is not a coincidence, but a fraternal bond with my fellow scent.
1: Hello, Chris.
0: Hello, Tom. But today, we're moving (laughs) away from football in real life to drill down into the good, the bad, and the oddly when it comes to recreations of the beautiful game in games so first to kick off (laughs) as it were as always gentlemen i know your primary interest is football the sport but are you currently playing or have you played recently any other video games unconnected to football let's pass it on over to Tom on the wing. I've uh, received the ball with an expert first touch <laughs> and
2: uh, I will now tell you what I've been playing. So I've been playing a few things this week, which is rare because I'm not, uh, I'm not an avid gamer, but I'm someone who t- tends to enjoy watching Chris play video games more than anything else, <laughs> which I did manage to do this week because it's half term. But in terms of what I've been playing, um, I've been playing Super Blood Hockey, which I know that you guys have both played um, fairly recently. Yeah, and it's a game that I've really, really enjoyed. I think it's uh, it, it's a game that doesn't take itself seriously at all. And I know that you, Jonathan, you commented on the comedic aspect of it before, which I yeah. I think is really, really funny. It's just a laugh um, playing, and obviously the fact that you can actually murder someone <laughs> playing ice hockey yeah. is is uh, nothing short of sensational. So I've been really enjoying playing that. That's sort been in the last couple of weeks I've been playing that quite quite regularly. What I would say about it is that it's almost reminiscent of like a phone game in terms of the way you can just pick it up and play really, really quickly. And I've really enjoyed that factor that I I don't need to put a lot of time into it at one sitting. I can just play for five, 10 minutes if I want and then leave it. And that's been a quite satisfying to do. so obviously there have been times that I've put longer stints into it where I've played for a couple of hours mm. and finished an entire campaign in, in one sitting but I'm yet to win the title I finished third is my best outcome so far so I need to uh, Amateur I know I need Have you have you won ever,
0: Chris? <laughs> no Well there you go then you can't say Chris anything Chris is too, too busy playing Big Bobby's car or whatever it is <laughs> Yeah Chris
2: is too busy playing uh, games that no one else plays yeah. but yeah so I've been playing that um, and also this week I restarted playing Clone Hero. Oh, yeah. The Guitar Hero amalgamation of of everything. And um, that's something which a few months ago I put a lot of time and effort into. And then due to having a bit of free time this week, I've started playing that again and then realized I've forgotten how to play it. (laughs) What was the last song you played? The last song I played, I was actually working through the country genre. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> tried to uh, achieve seven stars on a few of those, but I was not successful with any of them because they're surprisingly difficult, a lot of them.
0: You'd be surprised how complex they can make the same three chords <laughs> and liberal use of a capo. That's all you need. The, the
2: lyrics are nothing short of horrific in ninety percent of the songs as well. It's, it's like it's just talking about their daily routines and things like that. Yeah, put a plot <laughs> twist at the end. You have got a
0: country song. There you go. How about you, Andre? Have you uh, have you gamed much in the last few weeks?
3: Uh, I certainly have. I mean, I, I'm a uh... I'm I'm terrified to come on this because I'm so mainstream with my gaming. It hurts. <laughs> I mean, I I play Warzone every night. Brilliant. So every night I drop into the Warzone um, I am. I am what they call the bullet sponge. I believe they've affectionately named me.
0: <laughs> and this. This is the. This is the Call of Duty battle royale game. That's right.
3: Absolutely. Absolutely. So that's been. That's been locked down almost every night. And um, my. My improvement has been. Put it this way: when I achieve a positive kill death ratio, I am celebrated amongst my peers for an outrageously. <laughs> Strong yeah. performance. <laughs> I'm a equivalent of a left back scoring a hat trick if I do that. That's how rare it is. And then uh, I, play, I play a lot of FIFA to just stick with the stereotype, but pro clubs, which for me is the greatest football experience on the market now.
0: What is that?
3: Okay, so you, uh, you create your own pro and you and your friends are each a pro and you play in an 11-a-side team, but you are the individual within the team right so i will but i control as i am um, superior whilst i'm terrible at war zone better at fifa than most people uh so i control like whichever of us so say we have four players they'll all play up front i'll be the defenders and you play against another team who are exactly the same and it's ah. very satisfying there's nothing like a win on pro clubs i must say And then the other, the other three in in lockdown have been Rocket League, Overcooked Two, which was it's a good one, yeah. But that was the reason we went for that is I was so desperate for my wife to actually enjoy doing something with me on a console. (laughs) The stress of Overcooked (laughs) Two is unbelievable. And then, uh, and then Four Guys, which uh, which I adore as well. There you go. They're my five
0: good selection and yes it might be a little bit mainstream but uh but that does not mean that it's not good and uh i'm I'm glad to hear that the uh, the battle royale experience is uh is, is clearly ticking a few boxes i think i mean obviously everything's got a battle royale now i think call of duty were just i mean it was inevitable that they were gonna they were gonna go that way because i mean it's just probably a couple lines of code and they've got they've got a big hit on their hands Absolutely. so football at the point of recording, Euro 2020 has not happened, but when this episode comes out, we are now in the midst of <laughs> Euro 2020, a, uh, a competition where national teams from across Europe ignore the anachronism of the tournament's title to fight for some sort of continental supremacy. It's it's a spectacle, sure, but it's but it's not a video game. <laughs> now, football games have tried for years to capture something of the razzle-dazzle of the televised football experience. To get us started today on our football odyssey, you've touched on it there, Andre, one of the pillars of modern football video games is FIFA. The other pillar, of which there are only two pillars, is pro-evolution soccer. And much like your political persuasions will veer from the left to the right, or you'll rather have a PlayStation than an Xbox everybody seems to end up falling on one side of the fence. So I, I want to hear your preferences uh, and preferably your reasoning as to which series you've enjoyed the most over the last, you know, 25 or so years. And I think a good place to start with this is probably our resident, if it wasn't on a Nintendo console, I probably didn't pay it much notice, Minty, to get the ball rolling. <laughs> Have you, for a start, Minty, why don't you introduce us to your footballing video gaming persuasions? Super, yes, I'd love to.
4: (laughs) The only experience I've had with the Pro Evo series is um, listening to some of my classmates talk about it back in high school, which was 15, 20 years ago. Moving on. (laughs) The only FIFA games I've played are FIFA International Soccer on the Super Nintendo, which I believe was a 1994 release. And FIFA Road to World Cup, which I think was uh, a a tie in with maybe the France ninety eight, possibly.
3: Uh, you're right on both counts. There you go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
4: yes, yes. In in terms of these uh, these big two franchises, that's that's the only experience I have. To be honest, I've watched our uh, mine and Jonathan's mutual friend uh, Steve play a lot of FIFA um over the years. Oh, he loves that. He does that boy, that big boy he honestly he really does i've seen him play a lot of football manager as well Ugh. which i wowee the patience the man has <laughs> and the attention to detail he got it for me for my birthday one year and i just like I, I appreciate that you got me this but i don't have the personality <laughs> or the patience or the inclination to play this but Let's still be friends anyway.
0: (laughs) There's a friend of mine who uh, took football manager so seriously that when he got to his first uh, Champions League final, he put on a suit. (laughs) (laughs) Well... (laughs)
4: <laughs> that bit different strokes for different folks, isn't it? Good, good, good for them. I'm glad they've got something to believe in.
0: <laughs> I mean, for me, it's always been FIFA. Partly because it was the first football game that I had, the classic FIFA '96 on the Saturn, which was, to be fair, a, a decent stab at 3D footballing, and it was actually the first football game to feature commentary from the legendary John Motson, which, of course, was reworked into the. I mean it sounds like i'm winding you up when i say that they reworked john motson's commentary into a rap to play on the pause screen but they did <laughs> and it's extraordinary but i think my prevailing impression of the pro evo series with i mean which i'm sure isn't the case now was that it was it was one that it wasn't licensed, so you'd have all these knock-off brands like North London Reds instead of Arsenal, and uh, you know our rival Spurs I think were like the, the North London Puss Maggots, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, the players would all have like slightly off names, like instead of David Beckham you'd have like like David Beechams, or uh, instead of you know Cesc Fabregas you'd have like. Chucky Fabregas, um, and, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and like I said, I, I know that's probably not the case now, but I genuinely haven't played a Pro Evo game recently to find out whether or not they can even use all the proper names these days. Um, so, you know, FIFA felt like the more legitimate footballing game. And I think the, the, the key FIFA games in my personal play history, I didn't, you know, I didn't get them every year from 1996 onwards. I played a lot of FIFA 2003 on the GameCube with my friend Tim, and uh, then I remember I remember like Pro Evo being like all the rage for a few years until FIFA 2010 came out, which really I think it like really refreshed the mechanics of the game. And I ended up having a copy of that on PC, strangely enough. And then I think I started getting like annual copies from fifa 18 on the ps4 i quite like the ultimate team feature in the game it's obviously it's like fairly reminiscent of collecting football stickers back in the day which i did you know obviously for several years through primary school and it's i mean it's a really addictive feature unfortunately one that is rife with microtransactions so i I packed it in fairly early with that to avoid spending i mean more money then I care to admit, I actually already pumped into it. <laughs> but I mean, I I do take great joy every year in getting the, the latest FIFA game, starting a management career as Arsenal, and playing a few seasons, trying to buy Messi or Mbappe, and then you know upgrading to the next game a year later. And I I, mean, I can't really see myself veering away from that routine unless something goes terribly wrong, you know, with FIFA or or, or something else comes along to, to totally supersede it. I mean, the thing is, like, FIFA is still, it's still not the smoothest experience. I mean, some of the glitching I've seen in the game is absolutely extraordinary. I signed this player. He was one of those, like, randomly generated players in the game. I signed him from my youth squad, a young man by the name of Willis. And... Um, he, he did not have a torso no. <laughs> and very strangely um he's always holding a red card <laughs> so he's just he's just he's just running around like these just these arms and a head and just brandishing red cards at everyone uh, it's 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 quite something chris you've had pro evo feature in your list pro evolution 6 which I believe is the game set around about the year 6 AD, featuring <laughs> a very, very small Jesus playing against the Romans. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I mean, in yeah, in 2021, my head says that FIFA is obviously the way to go. I haven't played either game in a long time. And, and the last games I bought and put time into were... I did buy FIFA football on the Vita when that console first came out mm. and I did buy FIFA alongside my PlayStation 4. So they're the last ones I have bought, but, but my heart still belongs to Pro Evo. <laughs> uh, and, and like you say, uh, PES 6 was on my list. And there, there was a period of years, especially across the PlayStation 2 generation, where FIFA games were flashy as all hell. They, they looked great, but they played like shit. And like, I've, I've never been the biggest football game fan, but growing up alongside Tom, who absolutely was a football game <laughs> fan, I'd essentially get to sample both FIFA and Pro Evo most years. And Pro Evo was always the one I had the most fun with. Like we played Pro Evo 6 together for 10 million hours. <laughs> and even when kind of, you know, at that stage, FIFA were really doubling down more and more over the years to be like just an analog of TV football, like ripping its whole presentation from Sky Sports. And and as you mentioned, Jonathan Provo for the longest time didn't even have licenses at all, really, except for a few teams. But it was just it was a faster, more arcadey football game. And it had the Master League. And and that's what I really enjoyed back then. What was the Master League? The the Master League was like the management career where you just had no name players. So they, they weren't real people. And then you were just kind of chucked into a league with other teams mixed up from the game and you just attempted to ascend through the divisions. Hmm. But you 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 sort of developed a real relationship with these players because you they weren't real so you, you kind of wrote your own stories for them uh, and that, that was really enjoyable so yeah even though I know I'm sure today FIFA is a much better game rose-tinted nostalgia means that Pro Evo will always <laughs> win out for me in the end
0: over to the football boys Andre where does your predilection lie well it's a, it's
3: a beautiful summary so far my master league team in Pro Evo 2006 or Pro Evo 6 with Pierluigi Kalina the only referee <laughs> to appear on a case. For me, Pro Evo 6 was the greatest football game I think that's ever been released on a console, but it was the last Pro Evo worth playing. Yeah, And I think lots of people went from Pro Evo 6 over to FIFA. As you said, it tied in with FIFA 2010 and then it's been FIFA ever since. So I, I, I crossed the divide, as it were. It was always Pro Evo from uh, ISS Uh, All the way to, you know, I had World Cup 98, um, which was a FIFA game, and I had ISS, and ISS, which became Pro Evo, won out for me for many years until uh, I think it tied in with the PS3 release, and then FIFA just became a much better game all round.
0: How about you, Tom? I think fairly
2: similarly to the way everyone else has summarized it. um, As Chris alluded to, I, I, growing up, because I was so into football, and that was pretty much the only games that I was interested in, I quite often had both both FIFA and Pro Evolution Soccer, what I would say is Pro Evolution Soccer was always historically a better game, especially back when we're talking about when I was a kid. And it was genuinely, it felt like fast-flowing arcade-style football that didn't take itself too seriously. And although, obviously, one of the, the limitations of it was the licensing, I didn't really feel like that detracted from the gameplay or anything, because it was. I found it quite funny that I was representing North London Reds and I, I thought it was hilarious having mistakes like Hatton Trabelsi being in the Arsenal roster despite him never signing for Arsenal. <laughs> so, so that that was always a really entertaining one. And I think that kind of just added to its charm. FIFA then, I felt, took itself too seriously and was so intent on these realistic experiences that I don't think they had at the time the technology that was capable of producing those realistic experiences. So I think they kind of missed the mark a little bit with that, and as Chris said, quite often they look good, but didn't necessarily play all that well. Without question, FIFA has overtaken Provo um, now, and it's my go-to title. And I've not I've not bought Prevolution Soccer in, in in a long, long time, but it's a lot closer now to the real experience. And that, and now I think that the whole licensing, like the whole Sky Sports style approach, I think it's. Um, it's a real important part of the the whole experience now, my one criticism of FIFA nowadays is that although it's, a, it's it is a, a fantastic game, and the glitches are hilarious by the way, which i'm going I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go on to a tangent here because I've had a glitch that consistently happens with me where David Louise has no hair Amazing. <laughs> so that, that's, that's a really good one and obviously the the glitches that appear on the internet are some of the funniest things you will ever see. they are absolutely hysterical. My favourite FIFA memory that I've got is from playing. I think, Chris, maybe you'll be able to remind me what year this FIFA was. But me and Chris were trying to get an achievement point by you had to score a certain number of goals. So we increased every single player to have the maximum of everything. (laughs) So every time they kicked a ball, it just went like a rocket. And and you you could shoot from anywhere and score because we turned all the goalkeeper's attributes down. It was ridiculous. But it's one of the funniest things I've ever experienced to the point I couldn't breathe.
1: We, I think it was FIFA 2011 from memory. Yeah. And, and we we were controlling Man City and God knows who it was against. It wouldn't really matter. But we won like 99-0 <laughs> in, in a regular like 90-minute match that was played across 10 real minutes. I remember
2: Carlos Tevez scoring quite a few.
1: <laughs> <laughs> like 43. <laughs> <laughs>
2: But that was that was very entertaining. But yeah, but what I was going to say before I went on about 15 different tangents is that my criticism of FIFA is that I feel like they try to change too much each year. Yeah. And and sometimes those are beneficial and they really do make the gameplay better. But I find myself often, when I pick up the new copy, I find it really difficult because I have to adapt to a new style of play and a new sort of setup, which is, which I find frustrating. Which is why I am actually a big advocate of Pro Evolution Soccer bringing out the light versions now. Which, from my conversations with you, Chris, I yeah. understand are just updated players and updated teams and things like that.
0: Yeah, they
1: they're essentially moving to be like a biannual release. Was it biannual? Yeah, or biennial? <laughs> it's every two years. <laughs> is <what I'm> saying. <laughs> so they they will have like a full refresh every couple seasons, and then the one in between is essentially just updated rosters and a few tweaks here and there.
2: Yeah, and even going from, I, I played uh, on a PS5 uh, FIFA 21 for the first time on Friday night during a uh, FIFA drinking session, which was uh, very entertaining. <laughs> but it's, it's such a, it's, it's, it felt like a really big transition from playing on the PS4 to playing on the PS5. And I did enjoy it, but I was really, really shit at it because I that afternoon I'd been playing on the PS4 and I felt like I was in a pretty good place. <laughs> and then I played it in the evening and I was absolutely dreadful. It's very shiny and I think it will be better long-term playing on that new console, but um, I did find the transition quite difficult. But overall, FIFA is the superior game. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so as much as the FIFA and Pairs divide may rage on, either uh, presently, or most likely more historically one thing we can all collectively agree on is that new star soccer and to a lesser extent new star manager are perhaps the best indie football games ever made and now new star soccer is a game that appeared on chris's list we spoke about new star manager on the podcast when uh, all three of us were playing it it is it's such a it's, it's such a brilliant game like i think that it's it's just perfectly balanced sim gameplay, similar to like those Cairosoft games, like Game Dev Story yeah. and Hot Spring Story. I mean, they've done they've done everything under the sun. I'm sure they've done a football game as well, actually. They have done now. I've not played it, but I did see it on the eShop just the other day. Kick Men Story, probably. <laughs> and you know, I mean, New Star Soccer is is simple enough to be so pick up and playable but with just enough depth to keep you playing but it's all wrapped up in such delightfully comforting and familiar footballing tropes that it it, it gives you that footballing fix so quickly and deftly and it's it's just utterly utterly brilliant it's uh, it's so much more than just just a mobile game andre how have you got on with new star soccer
3: well i didn't realize just how popular this was until the the first time i knew anyone else played it was tom coincidentally we were on our way back from Swansea. Arsenal had won 3-0, for those that are interested. And <laughs> there was a huge accident on the way home. And we were sat in the car and I just whipped out New Star Soccer. And he went, are you, are you, playing, are you playing New Star Soccer? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes, I am. <laughs> it was a special moment. I mean, I, I'm, um, I was playing this after reading, um, you know, what we we're going to discuss. I, I, I did crack open and had a few games. So I'm 72 years old on New Star Soccer. (laughs) My my career spans 3,000 games. (laughs) Um, But despite winning the Ballon d'Or, the Champions League, you know, almost I don't think for the last 20 years there's been a different winner from the age from the age from 50 to 70. uh, I really hit my peak. (laughs) I'm only worth. <laughs> I'm only worth. I looked at this earlier. Twelve million pounds. I've won everything there is to win, and I'm. I, you can, it infuriates me. But it, I, I think it is one of the. I think you're right. It's the sort of game that if you're on a flight and you think, oh, oh we're just about to take off, I'm going to open New Star Soccer. You play it your whole flight, no matter where you're going. It's just it's that <laughs> addictive. It's it's a it's amazing. I love it.
0: How about you, Tom? How have you gotten with New Star Soccer? When you've uh, have you have you quite? I mean, I'm sure nobody's done it the same way Andre has, but uh, how have you gotten with it?
2: For me, I think New Star Soccer is the best football game I've ever played. Period. Oh, oh my
0: god! Oh, put that on the <laughs> box
2: <laughs> <laughs> because it's certainly the title that I've put the most time into across any platform, um, which I think <laughs> speaks volumes for it as a pick up and play title. Everything about it, I love. I love how the game entices you in with the tutorial and from that point onwards, the whole experience is is self-explanatory and enables you to simply play it. I've always been someone who has been hesitant to spend money on mobile gaming, but Chris told me to spend the 79p (laughs) on on this game for probably a few months, and in the end, I did do it, and it's the best 79p I've ever spent. (laughs) Penny for penny, it's uh, absolutely changed my life. Um, Despite achieving everything that you can within the game, I still return to it um, and work my way through the leagues time and time again. Now, my experience is slightly different than Andre's, that I haven't had one character that I've just played with until my... uh elder years until death death. (laughs) which I can't wait to hear how old Andre gets up to because I'm sure this will start a little bit more of a a trend of going back to it but I've been someone who I just I go for like different targets each season and one season I just said I'm going to score as many goals as possible I'm going to forget about assists so even if I'm near the halfway line I'm having a shot (laughs) and within that season I scored in something like 60 odd games 300 goals <laughs> and I, I don't think I'll ever be able to do that again because it was uh, ridiculous. But similarly to Andre, like when I went traveling with my partner, Laura, I spent every single flight wherever I was going, whether it's from the UK to Vietnam, which is quite a flight. I spent every single minute playing New Star Soccer. I love this game more than any other. And I stand by my original statement that it is the best football game ever made.
0: Extraordinary. Minty, when uh, Chris brought it up in his top 100, I think you expressed some sort of uh, regret that you hadn't remembered it when, when putting your list together. Tell us about uh, why you love New Star Soccer so much. Yeah, yeah, well, uh,
4: yeah, you're absolutely right. I, I really do lament um, not putting it in my list. My question is, uh, before we begin, can you die um, of old age?
0: In the game? <laughs> 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 I think we might have a chest after this. (laughs) I mean, I've
4: played, I can probably count on one hand the number of football games I've played in my entire life. And this, this one is the thumb. (laughs) (laughs) It's easily the best. I just, I, oh, wow. I just love, I I really love the simplicity of it. I love um, just the viscerality of uh, just using your finger to flick. Pull back the little, I guess the little micro game when you have to uh, shoot or head the ball. It's just it, it just clicked for me so much more than um than trying to figure out like all the all the hidden sort of angles and uh, and power bars that you couldn't see in FIFA that I just really couldn't get get on with. And I really like the uh, the 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 lifestyle um sim that was that was another big part of the game too. It gave it a little bit more depth and sort of gave me a little bit more of a reason to care because i was like oh well i've I've named this character after me so obviously i want my life to go well so i need to i need to well not only do i need to win the champions league i also need to buy a hang glider
0: (laughs) (laughs) and i I, I
4: need to i I need these boots that are that, that, that are yellow instead of orange really love it i really do love it and i've i think i'm still playing through it let me see how far i'm through at the moment this is quite a new one, so I'm... Oh, I'm still 17. Oh, young boy. Yeah, young boy. Oh, I'm a substitute. Low energy. Oh. The boss isn't going to be happy.
0: Pop an energy <laughs> drink. Do a Chris. Yeah. Yeah, uh, love just him. Just hook yourself up to a monster drip. <laughs> <laughs> Who am I playing for at the moment?
2: Chipping
4: them. Cool. Uh, every, every time I play... <laughs> every time I play, my goal is to get signed to Crystal Palace. I think uh. a, as soon as I do that, that's that's my sort of my internal credits rolling. <laughs> I've made it very positive gaming experience with New Star Soccer. I recommend that it is played by everybody, even if you don't like football. You will be surprised at how intuitive and how easy to pick up and play it is, and just how much
0: you'll care about those those, those, those plucky young fellas on the pitch. <laughs> so, Chris, New Star Soccer, it was on your list. You said a lot about it then. What more have you got to add?
1: Yeah, not much, to be honest. New Star Soccer was my 25th favorite game of all time on the on our list. Oh, hard, uh, so there's there's that episode if you want to listen to it, if you really want to know my in-depth thoughts. We talked about New Star Manager loads when it first launched on the Switch. And the four of you have sold New Star Soccer so well that, <laughs> you know, me repeating, oh, it's a good game, is, is pretty much redundant. Like I, I said at the time, it was basically a perfect mobile game. It totally understands how to work with the format it's on. And I think that's one of its greatest strengths because the fact that so many of you have played it for long-haul flights <laughs> really, you know, showcases and highlights that it's a game that you can pick up in seconds, but you can waste hours on if you really want to. You can just become totally absorbed in it. And and like Minty said, it's so easy to learn. It's really intuitive. It's got a nice organic difficulty curve as well that means it's still engaging even when you are 70 years old like Andre's character. because. You're in kind of your you know thirtieth, fortieth consecutive season. At that point, your finger skill to score a goal is great, but it starts to be offset by your character's sort of aging body. So it's it's still fun to play. It's it's just a a truly brilliant game, a real achievement.
0: If you'll forgive me, this little aside, uh, what is roughly the half-time point of this episode, I mean, certainly a water break at least, but, uh, but since we recorded this episode with Tom and Andre, New Star Games have actually unveiled their latest game, which is called Retro Goal, and it's a, a real love letter to the classic 16-bit football games of old. It's out this Thursday on iOS devices, which is the... 24th of June, and all five of us are ex- extremely excited to play it. It's uh, free to start and you can play the first ten games before having the option to then unlock the rest of the game, so there's absolutely no excuse to not give it a go. Uh, I'm very aware that this sounds like uh, an ad, it, it's not, we're not We're not sponsored by New Star Games, uh, but we just, we love them so much that we thought we'd slip in this announcement to uh, convey our collective uh, excite. Uh, so yeah, we'll be playing it as soon as it comes out and you'll be able to hear what we, what we may make of it in forthcoming episodes. So we've talked about the big guns on consoles and we've talked about the smallest gun on mobile but what other football or football adjacent games ha- have really had us hooked over the years? There's been character themed entries like the Mario Strikers game, there's been hybrid games like Rocket League that have become you know massive esports hits in the last few years, there's been management sims like Championship and later Football Manager. So what, what football games have you liked, loved or loathed over the years? Andre why you kick us off
3: well after the slating of football manager earlier i'm really quite scared to to (laughs) stick my head above (laughs) the parapet here (laughs) my love of football manager games goes back to premier premier manager 98 which i think is the finest management sim game other than probably championship manager 04 i have spent Hours and hours and hours on that game, and there's one day it just dawns on you. I'm managing several spreadsheets, <laughs> um, and I go from work managing spreadsheets to spreadsheets about youngsters I've never, never seen, don't exist in real life, and I do it every year. I think uh, I was, I was messaging Chris about this is football. Yeah. Yeah, very strange game. I, I think I love that one so much because you could dive. <laughs> and trying to con the ref was, <laughs> I, I never actually managed it. I never managed it at all. And, but there was one niche one that I thought of. It was a PC-based game, which was called Free Kick Mania. And you can find it if you if you search on Google. It, it was flashed based, so it's redundant now, sadly. And you took Free Kicks. It was a bit New Star Soccer-esque. And you either were Park Ji Sung um, of South Korea fame, (laughs) Roberto Carlos, or David Beckham. And they each did slightly different free kicks. And you were given 10 levels of varying difficulty. And you had to choose your free kick taker for each level. But they got more tired as they went along. And it was just the most fabulous free kick game. I think I played it a lot during GCSEs, but games like that, <laughs> stupid games like that, I will play for hours and
0: hours. I've still never learned how to take a free kick in FIFA. I think that's one of the things they change every year, so I can never keep up with it.
3: No, they do. It's too much swerve now. I, I, I can't score free kicks anymore. I'm, I'm with you. They're, they've gone too far. But this oh, you can score many free kicks until you get to a certain level, and it gets really. Tough, especially when Roberto Carlos runs out of energy and can't do his long run up, you're in big trouble.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Chris, how about you? What are some uh, football league games that you've uh, you've played and loved? I thought I needed to go a bit left field for this
1: one. Oh, hey. <laughs> Nintendo Pocket Football Club. <laughs> it's it's a truly bizarre management sim for the 3ds, and it's really good. Like When you first start the game, it feels really friendly. It feels quite familiar. You're just organising players. You're exploring different kind of lineups and formations. And then you get on to playing a game. But it, it really differs from something like Football Manager. Because you're just totally powerless once the game is underway. Once the match is kicked off. like You can't fast forward the game. You can't skip to the results of the game. Mm. You ha- You have to watch the full sort of truncated 90-minute match. And your input is reduced to... You can make simple suggestions of of who your players should be marking, basic tactical choices, but all of that is only at halftime, so you you have to persevere and watch through. And all you can really do is kind of just analyse what your players are doing, look for the, the kind of danger men on the other team, watch the little heat map that's generated as they play. And the key to success is in managing your players' training outside of the matches. So it uses this weird card system where actions during a game can trigger certain training cards unlocking. So your manager will shout like, oh, we're losing every challenge. We need to bulk up. And then it unlocks weight training or something to be done in between matches. And then between those games, you're applying uh, different cards or combinations of cards to to different players to try and produce synergies that mean they will start improving in areas at at faster speeds. And before too long, you've got a team that has started the season as a bunch of absolute Sunday league jobbers who are are suddenly like a properly organized unit that has star players that are going to carry your team to victory. And it's at that point that suddenly the the choice to make you have to watch a full match makes sense because you're, you move away from just being annoyed and frustrated that you're sort of playing poorly to begin with. And instead, you get to this weird sort of shouting loyalism when your, your team is absolutely playing the opposition off the park. And in the same way I mentioned like Pro Evo, you get very attached to Castolo and Espimaz and all these made up people. <laughs> the little chaps in Pocket Football Club feel like your kids that you're cheering on from the <laughs> sidelines. And it's, it's absolutely not an easy game to get into. Like it's it's got a very sort of friendly face to it, but it's it's far tougher and deeper when you actually start playing. It's never had a release outside of the 3DS, but it's absolutely worth checking out if you have access to the console and want to try kind of a football game that is a bit different. I booted it up today for the first time in years uh, and was playing just before we recorded. And it's really good fun. It is really, really good fun. So as much as it might sound like the first kind of bit is a drag, if you push past the opening half hour, you've got a really good, deep game to play and and a very different football game. And I, I think that's why it's something that I quite enjoyed.
0: How about that? So, I mean, I've I've had a fun time playing the mobile version of Football Manager on my iPhone and my iPad. Uh, I've, I've had that a few times. Uh, it's just nice to have propped up on my desk and dip in and out of whilst I'm working. I mean, I... Yeah, I always found the full PC version of the game a bit overwhelming. Although, like, I know that if I did have, like, a good proper session, I'd be able to get my head around it and would probably be totally obsessed. I mean, just like you, Andre, I bloody love a spreadsheet. So, <laughs> I mean, I don't need an excuse to to, to break that out. Famously, famously, it's it's, uh, it's an integral part of the Football Manager experience. But the, the mobile version was, was sort of scaled down enough to still feel like you had proper strategic and managerial input but but then with more simplistic outcomes that made it feel more I, mean, I probably a bit more arcadey than simulationy but the football game that i wanted to give a, to give a bit of an honorable mention to is is <laughs> it was actually a game that I, I i've actually got some big big issues and that's a mobile game called Score Hero. Oh, yeah. I don't know if you guys have played it, yeah. uh, but the idea of the game is that you're sort of plonked into uh, a footballing scenario and you have to complete the passage of play. Usually, uh, you know, it ends with scoring a goal, but there'll be like passes and crosses and free kicks and corners thrown into the mix as well. Uh, and the way you control it is uh, is is you basically sort of you come to sort of like a pause in the action. Like if you're playing FIFA, it just slows down before, you know, the player is going to hit the ball. And then you draw a line on the screen with, with your little hand to trace, you know, where you want the path of the ball to go. And it's it's, it's incredibly satisfying to play, to like pull off these amazing manoeuvres and set pieces. And I mean, I would definitely play it non-stop until i got perfect rankings on all the levels and you know progress the story mode all the way to the end because the gameplay is just so good and so incredibly enjoyable but but and it's a big but it's all locked behind a regenerating energy system and microtransactions like yeah you hate it you hate to see it you get to play a, a handful of stages and if you cock it up at, at one point in like the set piece chain like if you do two successful passes and then your your cross is intercepted you have to go back to the start of the chain again and i'm pretty sure like some of them would be like I think you have to go back to like the start of the uh, the match that you're playing. So like sometimes there'll be three or four different scenarios within that game and if you muck up like one pass in like the third goal or whatever then you have to go all the way back to the beginning which means that it eats through your energy because you've just got to keep retrying it and retrying it. And the really annoying thing is that you can't buy out the game like you can with some freemium games where you pay like you know 2.99 to remove ads or pay I don't know, like 20 quid to get infinite energy. Like, the only thing they do offer is a 24-hour infinite energy pass, which is just, that's, I mean, that puts so much pressure on that time. Do you think, oh, I've got to maximize it and you do nothing else for 24 straight hours and you end up very <laughs> sad. It's just, I hate it. I hate, hate, hate it. Like, because I would genuinely buy the game out for 30 quid if it meant I could play it as much as I liked, but no. I mean, they've made the game basically entirely unenjoyable through greed. And it makes me livid when I think about it. Who the fuck's next? <laughs> <laughs> That's my cue, is it? <laughs> Tom, over to you.
2: When I was uh, sort of preparing for this, uh, I went through quite a few games and quite a few of them have been mentioned already. So I've I've dabbled with football manager over the years, particularly when I was younger. I played a lot of football manager, and broke a lot of aspects of The Office because of it, including including a door.
1: (laughs) Tom used to be quite an angry young man.
2: Yes. So (laughs) I I thought about talking about Score Hero because that's another element, like you just said, Jonathan, that really frustrates me. But the game that I've chosen is one that I'm pretty sure, outside of Chris, the rest of you probably haven't even heard of. But in terms of a game that I ploughed and loved way too much and took up too much time playing, I can't look any further than the Steven Gerrard's Total Soccer, (laughs) which I I received as a birthday present alongside a Game Boy Advance for my 12th birthday. Amazing. And on the face of it, it isn't isn't a special game. There's no way of sugarcoating it in any other way to say it's fantastic, but... Uh, one need only look at the fact that in the league campaign, this this just emphasised just how bad a game it is. When you draw a match, you don't get any points. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. However, it is a game that gripped me early on. Its predecessor was um, David O'Leary Manager on the Game Boy Color, which is actually a far, a far superior game, which I remember first playing with with Chris on his illegal Game Boy colour cartridge that allowed yep. him to download ROMs and emulate them flawlessly yep. onto the console. Did you have one as well, Laughty Jonathan? Boy.
0: No, but I remember Chris having it. Yeah,
2: (laughs) naughty boy, Chris. Naughty boy, Chris.
0: Still upsets me.
2: (laughs) (laughs) What I loved about Totem Soccer, and I think this was the big thing for me, is that as as a child, also as an adult, I've suffered with lots of mental health problems, particularly obsessive compulsive disorders, which is kind of why I dedicated so much of my life to it. But it was something that allowed me to sort of have control over something. And that's what I loved about the game, is that it was something that I knew how to master And I didn't get frustrated by playing it because I was that good at it because I played it for so long. So just to give a description of the game for anyone that hasn't played it, which is pretty much everyone, (laughs) it is a top-down style football game, which is basically a spin-off of Sensible Soccer with a a similar sort of after-touch control. And... To this day, I can still pick up the game and score goals in an identical fashion, depending on the end that I'm attacking. So if you're attacking up, the best course of approach is a long ball over the top and an early shot bent around the goalkeeper, <laughs> attacking downwards. And although you can use the same tactic, it's slightly easier to play it down to the left wing, cut inside and bend it into the far corner, a la Robert Pires. <laughs> so that's that's the way that you play it. And only a few months ago, and I'm sure Chris will remember this fondly, yeah. <laughs> we booted the game up and we set about seeing how many goals it was actually possible to score in one game. And after many, many attempts, we then produced well, I say we, I produced um, a perfect game which allowed me to produce a 33-0 win. Jesus! <laughs> so that was, that's obviously the main game that I've dedicated so much time to and I've loved so much. And, it, and it's still something I genuinely enjoy playing despite the fact that it's, it isn't a challenge at all.
0: <laughs> so for you, Minty... We thought we'd do things a little differently because, as alluded to already, you're, I mean, well, you're a Nintendo connoisseur and we felt the uh, the best way to round out this section to, uh, to, 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 I forgot I put this bit in, to run down the clock to, to hold on to a 1-0 victory would be to send you down the wing of the internet to the corner flag of the Nintendo eShop and give you some classic hold-up play of indie <laughs> football games to sample and share with us.
2: Boosh, Great, yes. eat my goal. <laughs> (laughs)
0: for anyone bored of the TV realism of FIFA, Minty, could you tell us a little bit about the not one, not two, not four, but three games that were handpicked for you for this most glorious of occasions?
4: I played three games about football (laughs) (laughs) I played World Soccer Pinball, I played Strange Field Soccer and a game called Die Soccer, I'll start with World well, I'll go in that order actually World Soccer Pinball, I like. I, re- I really like pinball in general, and I went thinking, okay, this is just, this is just going to be a pinball machine that's that's green. <laughs> but it's a little bit more than that. Like, all the bumpers and all the different rails and all the things that you have to hit are assigned things like um, free kicks, throw-ins, there's a little fella at the end moving back and forth, uh, keeping a goal, as it were. And if you get so many things in a row, you get a boatload of points. And a few hours in, I did appreciate the uh, the parallels between, like, Hoofing the ball in real life and hoping it does what you want, and uh, trying to get the paddle to work in the way that you want on the pinball table. My high score, I think, is about five million at the moment. So, I've got only about seventy-five million to go before I break the uh, the global top ten.
0: But already, that sounds that. Sounds better than Tom's thirty-three-nil victory. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I mean, I don't know much about numbers, but uh... it's bigger.
4: <laughs> I, I mean, yeah, it, it's a bigger score, but I haven't scored thirty-three goals in the game yet. I think I've scored five.
0: Thirty-three's more. Yeah, no, you're right. I was just d- double-checking that on my abacus. <laughs>
4: <laughs> I also really liked uh, strange field soccer. It's uh, it's it's sort of a nice sort of, I guess. A 2D football game. It's got a really nice meaty feel to it, reminiscent of uh, FIFA International Soccer on the Super Nintendo that I I mentioned earlier. And it's also got sort of strange set pieces like uh, revolving doors and grind rails and people chucking bags of rubbish down from their apartments to to waylay you as you you get the shoot and jump buttons mixed up for the hundredth time like an absolute (laughs) prick. (laughs) It's a cool blend of different games. It's it's just a well-made football game the retro feel and it's also got sort of those really cool splatoon vibes it's not just like a flat playing field where it's like, oh run over there and score so like, oh, well maybe maybe i'll uh maybe i'll hide in this uh, revolving door maybe i'll jump and somehow get a wall to appear uh, just in the middle of the of the pitch to stop somebody tackling me or get tackled by the wall um seemingly at random i don't quite know <laughs> if that's a special move that i haven't unlocked yet but yeah it's absolutely strong seven out of ten game maybe one I'll add to the roster of games that I play in between games because you
0: can set how long a match lasts oh that's good yeah yeah on that front I remember once actually thinking that I could predict the future by before Premier League matches I would set a computer versus computer team on FIFA 96 to play each other <laughs> in a 90 minute match leave the saturn running and uh, and I'd be able to I'd be able to tell who was who was going to win the match that day Did it it work? work. Uh, No, the Saturn crashed. Oh. Yeah. On that
4: note, I did the same thing once with FIFA International Soccer. I set up Germany and Nigeria to play a 90-minute match, computer versus computer. And to make sure that my mum didn't find out, I covered the console as it was running with... um, with like the cloth that you get from a Sabutio, oh. <laughs> which is probably the most football thing I've ever done in my life. <laughs> <laughs> Germany won, thirty six 0 Because I only ever played as Germany because they had max stats in every um, in in every attribute, and Nigeria had the lowest. Oh, I was never brave enough to play against anybody else. That's
0: why I always used to play Malta. Yeah, <laughs>
4: yeah. Anyway, the last one is uh, dice soccer. And this is the one that I put the most time into because I thought, oh, this is well, this is just a football-based shoot-em-up. So it's kind of arcadey. I'm gonna to need to push through this so that Chris will think I'm cool. <laughs> <laughs> so after a good few hours, I, I sent a screenshot to the group, and I got a reply from Chris saying, it's not a good game. <laughs> <laughs> and I've never felt so vindicated and annoyed at the same time, <laughs> especially when the other two games i played are loads better. It's an 80s-style bullet hell game, emphasis on hell. <laughs> you dribble a ball up an incredibly long football pitch past uh, Rocketeers, Aliens and Contra-style gun-toting beefcakes on the sidelines, just loosing rounds into the air in front of them. It's, it's sluggish, it's hard to control. A hitbox is just a blobby approximation that will have you tearing your hair out. And because it's a pastiche of 80s-style shmups, the narrator-style character is Ronald fucking Reagan. (laughs) (laughs) One out of ten. (laughs) Did he have a (laughs) Reagan? No, he was just there like, I'm president. Missed opportunity. Hate him.
0: Well, on that absolute note, uh, we come to the end of our footballing adventure because of the magic of of time we are actually recording, like I said, this episode before the tournament has begun. So to make us all look silly when it actually airs, brief thoughts on a predicted winner and also on on how England will will fare in in the competition. Andre, what do you think, how do you think uh, England will do?
3: England, England, England. Uh, well, as we were sharing just before this began recording, they'll always let you down. Although they, there's, they've got a lot of good players now, especially Bakayo Saka. Oh, yeah. Yeah, which has to be said. No, but in, in, um, in all honesty, I think they'll get to the semi-finals. But I think as soon as they play one of Germany, Portugal, France or Italy, they're probably not going to ba- make it past them because they're England. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, I think... I mean, looking at the squad, we have got a good squad. Well, we've got a good selection of players. I'll say that much. I mean, one of the strange things about international football is that, you know, it's entirely dictated by where they're born. So it's in, it's entirely plausible that you could end up with 11 left-backs that are better than every other player on the pitch, uh, but you can only play one of them. But I like Gareth Southgate, even though he made me cry in 96. Who's really mean about my uh, my my sandals? I was wearing them with. <laughs> I, I think you're probably spot yeah. on. I think semi-final sounds about right. I reckon we'll probably beat. I think we'll beat out one of those bigger teams in the quarters, and we'll be like, oh my goodness, we're actually gonna. It's coming home. It's come. Fuck off. Shut it, you slag. Uh, and then we'll just get absolutely annihilated by 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 something. i, I mean, I'm excited to watch KT Kieran Tierney playing for Scotland. And I'm also excited to be supporting my, uh, my my residential nation of Wales and Denmark as well, uh, honouring my my the motherland. Uh, as it were, but should England come up against uh, any one of them, uh, you know, I'll be supporting England. But if England go out, at least I've got some options of, of other teams. I've got to some backup. Yeah, got 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 a few backies. Tom, how do you think it's going to pan out?
2: I can see England getting to the semi-finals, and I do think they'll just do what England do and and mm. fail miserably at that point. So I wouldn't be at all surprised to see us go quite deep into the tournament. But like like Andre said, I, I I'm struggling to look past teams like Germany, Belgium, and France. I, I, I think those are far superior teams to us and have superior squads. So I think if we come up against them, I think we'll struggle.
4: Minty, I've always got a soft spot for Croatia. <laughs> I, I always want them to do well. Ever since France ninety eight when they got uh, when when they got to third place, I think it was. I, d- I don't
0: know why. I just oh, they're the latent Orient of uh, of Europe, aren't they? Yes,
4: <laughs> yes. I so I think um, England. We'll go to the quarterfinals, I think. Mm. I think the same for Wales. And I think, it will be, I think it will be France that wins.
1: Interesting. Chris? I get no joy from international competitions, <laughs> like especially having to watch England. There's, just, there's never any cohesion to our national side. And I think it comes from there's such tribalism in the Premier League that it's bananas to think that you know, players that are at each other's throats week in, week out for most of the year, can suddenly, a few weeks after the season ends, just be a well-oiled machine. It's, it's stupid. It's really stupid. You know, England could win the Euros or England could fail to progress out of the group and I wouldn't give a fuck. <laughs> but <laughs> uh, genuine predictions, though. I think England will be knocked out in the quarterfinals, like Minty said, and I'm going to go for a Spanish resurgence for Spain to win.
0: Oh, yeah. Well, there we go. We shall see. Well, no, we shall have seen, by the time you're listening to this, and see we shall... Thank you so much, greatly to Tom and Andre for joining us today uh, in what has likely been a a very different show than what you might be used to. Uh, (laughs) Kick, kick, kick. Come on, you boys. Uh, If people want to keep up to date with you and the boys in red and white podcast what is the best way for them to do that
2: so if you want to see us on social media then you can search for us on twitter instagram and facebook under the boys in red and white and obviously the whole connection here is that we do a podcast as well so uh if you'd like to listen to that to hear about Arsenal football club and general footballing matters then uh have a listen and we'd be greatly appreciated
0: and if you want to get in touch with us, you can do that by going to our various social media platforms. They are facebook.com slash our three cents. They are Instagram <laughs> at O3C podcast. Keep it up. Keep it They up. are Twitch at O3C podcast. They are going to YouTube and searching for our three cents. And if you want to get in touch with us individually, you can do that. You can find me on Twitter at Jonathan Dunn.
1: I am at Chaz underscore Hodges.
0: And I'm Clement underscore Boo. And you can also go to patreon.com slash our three cents. And you can have a look at some of the perks you can get in exchange for pledging some support to us. We'd be hugely appreciative if you did. It will allow us to continue to expand the podcast and uh, grow and hopefully deliver even more things for you to enjoy. Such perks include full bonus episodes, deleted scenes and outtakes, custom artwork. There's bonus video content and there's access to the Patreon exclusive Discord channel, a channel which Tom and Andre will now be a part of, so if you want to chat with them about this episode, or indeed their episode, or, or anything at all, then you know where to find them, behind our lovely paywall. <laughs> and please do join us next week as we resume regular order and round out these three cents' fifth favourite video games with my fifth favourite video game of all time. ta
1: sponsor and now a word from our sponsor sponsor.
4: video death loop is a podcast where we watch a short video clip on loop until we just can't take it anymore along the way we'll try our best to make each other laugh and to hold out longer than the other guy you can jump in on any episode no need to worry about continuity check out video death loop on the greenlit podcast network with new episodes every friday
3: hi i'm steve and i'm jp and we host a little podcast called whatever, whatever nerd. nerd a bi-weekly nerd culture podcast where we talk about subjects such as
2: games comics movies voice acting and did i mention games you did join us every other tuesday at whatevernerd.com or wherever you get your podcasts